everybody. Welcome to the first video recording of the Wrestling Let's Talk About It podcast. It's been the first time that we've done this in almost a year, so I figured as a birthday present to myself, why not bring it back? So, today we have the top 10 list of the biggest tragedies in wrestling history, so let's get right into it. Alright guys, here we go. Um, if you see me on the video... If you're listening to this on audio, it's not going to matter, obviously. But if you're listening, if you're watching this on video, and you've seen me look down a lot, um, I've got notes, um, so I'm not all over the place. Because if I don't take notes, uh, I am all over the place when it comes to the video. Um, so again, uh, this is completely opinionated. You can agree, you can disagree, you can leave comments. Um, let me know what you think your top ten is, what you think your number one is. Um, but this is a top 10 wrestling tragedies. Uh, number 10, I started with the Magnum TA crash. Um, this is one that I did because it wasn't necessarily involving somebody dying or somebody, um, you know, losing their life, anything like that, which the majority of this list ends up being people who unfortunately passed away at too young of an age. Uh, Magnum TA crash happened in 1986 and it was almost fatal. Uh, Magnum TA had a car crash and he never wrestled again. Um, he showed up at the Crockett Cup in 87, but never stepped back in the ring again. Um, there's not a whole lot more information about the Magnum TA crash other than that. Um, you can look up interviews and stuff from him of him talking about the crash. Um, like I said, last wrestling appearance was Crockett Cup 87, but he never wrestled again. Uh, number nine. Um, I added this one because, to me, this one was very, very, it was sad. Like, it wasn't, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of how to word it. It was a tragedy in the sense that it was something that you don't expect to happen. Um, and number nine is Chris Candido. Uh, Chris Candido was only 33 when he died. Uh, he had surgery. Uh, from complications from something from wrestling um, end up having surgery um, that surgery led to more complications for him and he had end up getting pneumonia and that pneumonia essentially killed him um, his brother came out and said that it was a blood clot but then it was found out later that it was actually pneumonia from complications from the surgery because the original story, when everything first came out, was that he had surgery, got on a plane to go do something else. While he was recovering from surgery, he got a blood clot while he was on the plane. Because you're not supposed to fly while you are while you're recovering from surgery, if I remember correctly. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But if I remember right, you're not supposed to fly after you have surgery. And the rumor was that he did. It caused a blood clot. And that's what killed him. But it that turns out that's not true. It was actually complications from pneumonia from the surgery. So 33 years old, Chris Candido. Uh, like I said, it was a tragedy on my list because it was a very unfortunate situation where somebody who had a lot of potential lost their life at a very young age. And there's a company that actually did something called the Candido Cup for a while where it was in memory of him. Yeah, and he's still remembered it's 
Look it up if you ever get the chance to and look up some of his matches. He was in WWE for a while and he was a he was a good wrestler. He definitely knew what he was doing. Uh, number eight, Von Erich Curse. Um, I will go through the list of the Von Erichs and what happened, but I didn't do each Von Erich individually because I only have a top ten list and that would have been five of my ten top ten lists if I would have done all of the Von Erichs individually. So I just did the curse of all of them. Um, I actually learned something during this uh, research, doing this. I did not know that there was a Von Erich that died when they were six years old. I did not know that until I started doing my notes for this. Um, first one I looked up, uh, I just looked up Von Erich curse because I know about the Von Erich curse. I've you know been reading about it for years, but for whatever reason, I never knew about Jack. Jack was the first Von Erich to die, and he was only six years old. He was actually electrocuted and die and drowned in a puddle um, at the age of six, and that like it, it breaks your heart. I have a two year old, so to think that something like that would happen to somebody that young and how you deal with it is just it's heartbreaking. Like today, my son is with his mom, and he fell down the stairs and. Uh, you know, cut his face, cut his forehead, and that even, I mean, that alone broke my heart. I can't imagine, you know, never being able to see my kid again, let alone, you know, something as terrible as that. Uh, David Von Erich was 25. He died from something called enteritis. I actually had to look up what this was, too, and it's an inflammation of the small intestine. Uh, so, something to do with his, you know, his internal organs. Um, I don't know if, if he had had it since he was younger. I didn't do the deep research into David, uh, but he died from enteritis, which, like I said, is an inflammation of the small intestines. Uh, and the other three are Mike, Chris, and Carrie. Um, I hope I have that note right, because I feel like Carrie was the one that was still alive. But all three of them died from suicide. Um, one of them went to the back of the property on their farm and sat in his truck and took his own life. Uh, so this is why they call it the Von Erich curse, because there's only one, I believe, one of the brothers left. And then Lacey Von Erich is, um, she wrestles now, of course. She's been to WWE. She's been, she's wrestled in ROH. She's wrestled in Impact. She's been a few places. Um, so she wrestles. But it's just unfortunate that the family has had such a, a history of, you know, these moments where, like, okay, you know, we're, we're okay now, you know, we're, it's over, you know, the tragedies are done, we're, let's try to be happy, and then all of a sudden, something else happens, and you just feel like, I feel like as that family, and I can't talk for him, of course, but you feel like you can't settle into any kind of normalcy, because something is always happening when, when you think, Everything's okay. Uh, number seven. Number seven was kind of a, a personal one to me. Um, one of the reasons I chose it, uh, the death of Miss Elizabeth. Uh, she was only 42 when she died. And when, when she died, sometimes when personalities die, you almost take it personally. Um, Robin Williams was a big one for me. When Robin Williams died, I, man, that one hurt me. Um, and Miss Elizabeth was the same way. One, because it wasn't expected. Uh, 
I didn't realize how many issues she had because a lot of people, especially then when they had those issues, dirt sheets and stuff like that weren't in your business like they are now. Like now, if somebody has a drug problem, somebody has an alcohol problem, something like that, you know almost immediately that this person has an issue. Uh, back then, there was nothing. It was uh, May 1st of 2003. So there were dirt sheets around then, but you could hide it a lot better, and not everybody knew your business then like they do now. Uh, so on May 1st, 2003, Lex Luger found her unresponsive in their home because they were living together. He called 911. Um, they actually questioned Lex Luger for her death because he was with her at the time, and I don't know if it was because of what she died from. She died from painkillers and vodka, a mix of painkillers and vodka. So I don't know if they questioned him because he was with her or if there was something in the house that that they said, hey, you know, you need to come in. We need to do this. Um, I, I, like I said, I've heard the story before, um, and there are interviews that you can look up online of Lex Luger talking about it. It's just hard to listen to because Lex Luger cared about her as much as Macho Man did. If you know the Macho Man and Elizabeth story, which everybody does, he was, Lex Luger wasn't as in love with Elizabeth as Macho Man was, but he cared about her as much as Macho Man did, as far as, you know, the friendship goes. Um, so that one was, that one was a shock, only 42 years old. You know, she, I don't know if she couldn't handle, you know, life after wrestling or if there was just some kind of depression there or what, but it was, it's unfortunate. It's, it's. I wish that her and Paul Bear were still around because between those two and Paul Heyman, those are my three favorite, either valets or managers, whatever you want to call them, in the history of the business. Those are the three that my top three. Uh, number six, Brian Pillman. Um, I put Pillman on the list for a couple reasons. One, he was so young. Two, my son's mom she was a big brian pillman fan she loves brian pillman jr which is his son uh, who is was working in nwa nwa is because of covid is kind of in between right now um so let me see if i wrote this down yes so i was going to record this yesterday i didn't get the chance to so i'm recording it today but yesterday was actually the 23rd anniversary of Brian Pillman's death, October 5th, 1997. Um, a lot of people thought that it was a uh, drug overdose, drug abuse, whatever, because Pillman was only very high-end. He was only very... He was always wanting to do things you're not supposed to do. Um, best way I can put it, because I'm not trying to tarnish his name. Uh, but he was supposed to have be at a live event uh, that weekend... And never showed up. Um, Cornette called. Cornette was told to go find him. Because I believe at the time Cornette was his manager. If I read that right. Like I said. I looked all this up. And I took notes. But if I took something wrong I apologize. Um, Cornette called the hotel where Pillman was staying. And was actually told by the hotel staff. That Pillman had been found dead that same day. So that's one of the reasons why I call it a tragedy. Is because. You find out that your talent is dead, not from a family member, not from another person, not from whatever. You find out that the family that he's dead from a hotel staff. 
from the person at the front desk that he was found dead. Now, why they didn't contact WWE, WWF at the time as soon as they found Pillman dead, I don't know. I don't know if they had to identify him first or what, but they did not find out that Pillman had died until Cornette called the hotel and they told him that Pillman had been found dead in his bed earlier that day. It was not an overdose. It was not anything to do with alcohol. It was actually an undetected heart disease that they did not know Pillman had. Doctors didn't catch it. Um, almost the same way that, that John Ritter died back in 2003. He had a tear in his heart that they was I guess was so small they didn't catch when he went to doctors and it ended up making him sick and killed him. Um, so yeah, he had a undetected heart disease. And that heart disease could have came from years of, you know, drugs and alcohol. I mean, that's very well could have been, but he didn't die from a drug overdose. It just couldn't just, the heart disease is what took him. Um, number five is a very, very famous one that a lot of people know about. Uh, number five is Bruiser Brody. Um, Bruiser Brody uh, was stabbed in... Mex or sorry, in Puerto Rico. I keep wanting to say Mexico because I think for some reason I've heard that story all these years about it being in Mexico. It wasn't. It was in Puerto Rico by Jose Gonzalez after they got into a, a, a dispute about something in the shower. And the people that were in the locker room getting ready heard a scream and walked into the shower. And Jose Gonzalez had stabbed Bruiser Brody to death. Uh, there was a trial of... Or, uh, Jose Gonzalez said, hey, it was self-defense. I didn't do anything wrong. They found him, actually found him not guilty. Jose Gonzalez actually got away with murdering Bruiser Brody. Um, I don't know if there was enough evidence to claim self-defense or if there was enough evidence, not enough evidence to claim self-defense, but either way, uh, he got away with it. Um, yeah, I was shocked when I read that because I didn't realize that somebody had gotten away with killing Bruiser Brody. I was told for years that they didn't know who did it, that they weren't sure who did it because there was nobody else in the shower with them. So they weren't sure who did it. So I was pretty I was pretty shocked to find that out. Uh, number four is actually one that my ex-fiance and my son's mom told me about that I had no idea even happened. Um, Pitbull 2, who is a wrestler in ECW, um, actually was found in his home uh, with his girlfriend of an overdose and they'd been dead for several days and they were an 18 month old and a six month old i don't know why i didn't write that down i just put kids in the house for days i don't know why but i need to make better notes i'm sorry but their kids were in the house both under two years old in the house with the bodies for days after they had both died. And when the cops came in and discovered the bodies. The kids were just roaming around the house. And had been for. You know I, I. I don't know how the kids survived with them being that young. I don't know how they survived days without food. Without. Because as a two year old. You can't go and get your own drink. You can't go and get your own. Like I said I have one. So I know he's not capable of going. He can open the refrigerator. But he's not capable of pouring his own drink. He's getting his own food. Making his own food. So that was. When she told me about that, I had to look it up, and I was like, wow, that's just, it's so heartbreaking just to to read that, because, I mean, to have two kids that young and then still feel like that you have to do, and I know drugs are a very powerful thing. They can make people do some stupid stuff. I dealt with somebody three years ago that, that 
completely screwed me up for a while. Um, I got a son out of it because I met somebody because of it. So my son is a blessing to me. I mean, I love him to death. But yeah, it was just reading that just broke my heart because it's, it makes me sad that there's people out there that choose drugs over their kids. But you know, it is what it is. It was it's a sad story. If you want to to look up more information on or read about yourself, it was Pitbull two, and he was only thirty six when he died. Um, so out of this list, there are one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, seven names on this list that I have that were under the age of 40. Think about that. I have a top 10 list, and seven of those people were under the age of 40. And it's just, that's insane. Uh, number three, we're getting into my top three list. So this top three that I have here, most people are going to agree with. Um, number three for me was Eddie Guerrero, who was only 38. Um, I know a little bit more about this one because I watch the Dark Side of the Ring episode um, where Chavo Guerrero talks about it. Uh, so basically in November of 2005, Eddie Guerrero was in Minnesota, I believe it was, in his hotel room brushing his teeth, um, and he died of heart failure. Um, he actually died in Chavo Guerrero's arms. A lot of people think that he was dead when uh, Chavo found him, when they found him in the hotel room, but he wasn't. Uh, Chavo said he took his last breath while he was in his arms. Uh, basically, the story goes that he was supposed to have a match that night. Um, I don't remember if it was for the world championship or not. I don't remember that detail. Uh, his uh, his last wrestling match was actually in Indianapolis, and I'm from Indiana, so that's kind of that's kind of hits close to home too. But uh, he didn't show up like he was supposed to. Um, basically, somebody you know knocked on the door, said, "Hey, Eddie, you know it's it's time to go," and he didn't answer, and the door was locked. And so the security guard had to break the door down. And when they went into the hotel room, he was on the bathroom floor. Uh, and Chavo ran up there. And like I said, he basically held him in his arms until he took his last breath. And the heart failure was, Eddie didn't do drugs anymore. But I can only assume that the heart failure was from the years of drug use. And after a while, just like when you smoked, you can... You can quit smoking for 10 years and develop lung cancer because the effects that your body had or the smoking had on your body while you were smoking can still affect you even after you quit. And drugs are the same way. Alcohol is the same way. Um, and I just, I can only assume that that's what it was. His, after all the years of drug abuse, his heart just, that was it. It was just finally like, hey, you know, time to go. And... That's that was one that still affects people to this day. I mean, you still see pe people. Sasha Banks still does his frog splash. He still dedicates matches to him. I mean, that was fifteen years ago, and people still talk about Eddie. Um, it's he was he was one of the best. I still remember watching his matches in you know WCW versus Rey Mysterio and Chris Jericho. And um, if you ever get the chance, go and watch his match in Mexico versus Chris Jericho from either it's either ninety one or ninety two. It was one of uh, Jericho's first matches in Mexico actually in his first couple of years and it's a it's a good match you won't recognize Eddie because he wrestles in a mask in Mexico but it was it's a, it's a classic match number two um, like I said top three everybody is going to agree with number two is Owen Hart 
uh, I was watching that pay-per-view um, over the edge when he died. And it's it's crazy to go back and think about it because it's crazy. First of all, it's crazy to think that was 21 years ago. It doesn't seem like it was 21 years ago. Um, he was only 34, which is, which is, that makes it so much worse. Um, but he was getting ready to do a stunt for anybody that doesn't know the story. Um, but if you're listening to this podcast, you're a wrestling fan, you should know the story. But if you found it for whatever reason, um, he was getting ready for a stunt as the Blue Blazer, which was his alternate character when he wasn't Owen Hart. And he went to do the stunt and the clip that brought him down from the top of the rafters because that's what he did the blue blazer came down from the top of the rafters it broke and he fell hit the turnbuckle and hit the ground um there's actually an episode of dark side of the ring that talks about it and the ref said that he could actually feel owen hart brush up against him when he fell um the the after effects of it were crazy just like the just like number one um it left an after effect of the wrestling business because people don't do stunts like that anymore they had sting stop coming down from the rafters and Shawn michaels never did it again um his wife actually threatened to sue wwe and will not let him into the hall of fame uh, because she blames vince mcmahon for it she blames the company for it so the reason that you don't see Owen Hart in the Hall of Fame already is because his wife will not let him be in the Hall of Fame. She wants absolutely nothing to do with WWE whatsoever. That's why when I found out that she was doing the Dark Side of the Ring episode, it shocked me. But the reason she did the Dark Side of the Ring episode is because it had nothing to do with WWE. Yeah, there was footage and they were talking about it, but it was for a, a TV channel. It wasn't for WWE directly. I think she's starting to come around a little bit to... The idea of him being in it because I believe just recently she did an interview for him for WWE. But we'll see over the next, uh, you know, couple years if if he goes into the Hall of Fame, which he deserves to. I mean, I think it's time for her to say, hey, you know, that was 21 years ago. It was a tragedy, but let's let's honor him. Let's put him in the Hall of Fame. Uh, before I get to number one, I did want to do some honorable mentions. Um, ones that I didn't put in the top 10 list, but I just wanted to say, hey, you know, these were some of the sad moments too. Uh, first one I put in was death of Andre the Giant. Um, Andre the Giant, most people knew that he was going to die at a young age. But the reason why it was, I put it on my honorable mention is because of the situation and the, the circumstances. Uh, he was actually in France when he died and he was supposed to meet his mom for lunch. And he never showed up. And so they had to go and tell his mom, hey, you know, your kid never showed up because he, you know, passed away, <clears throat> excuse me, passed away in his sleep. And he was actually in France for his dad's funeral. So that's why I made it one of the honorable mentions because this it's just a sad circumstances of, you know, when, how, the whole, the whole timeline of it. Uh, Macho Man, uh, I've actually driven down the, the highway where Macho Man had his heart attack and died. He was driving, um, had a heart attack while he was driving and swerved, uh, hit a tree. Uh, the tree, hitting the tree is not what killed him. The heart attack is what killed him. Uh, but he was 58. I grew up watching Macho Man. Um, WWE, WWF at the time, WCW with NWO. So um, I had to put him on the list because it was very, it was, it was almost like a, 
I don't know if this is even a thing, a nostalgic death, if that's what you want to call it. Um, one of those things where you grew up watching somebody and then you find out they die. Like today, Eddie Van Halen died. I didn't even know he had cancer. Uh, he died, you know, October 6, 2020. Excuse my language, fuck 2020. Um, this year has been awful. But, yeah, it's just one of those things where that's what I call it is nostalgic death you grew up with somebody and then they die and you're just kind of like okay you know there goes part of my childhood you know it's like Robin Williams I grew up watching all of his movies so uh, Pedro Ramirez Ramirez sorry I said that wrong um, he was a wrestler out of Mexico that was not his wrestling name I can't pronounce his wrestling name so I said his real name uh, he was actually in a tag team match with Rey Mysterio Jr. Um, Rey Mysterio Jr. went to do a drop kick, and it actually caused a spinal injury when Rey Mysterio did the drop kick, and that spinal injury actually caused cardiac arrest. So Pedro Ramirez actually died in the ring in Mexico while he was in a tag team match against Rey Mysterio Jr., um, and that's why it was on my my honorable mentions list because it was something that anytime somebody talks about a wrestler dying because it happened in the last five years, that's one of the first things I think of because it was just a crazy circumstance i don't know if he already had problems and that drop kick just you know escalated that or if there was something that went wrong in the ring um, because nobody ever says hey you know ray mysterio killed a guy in the ring because he died immediately like after that drop kick they said that he died as soon as ray mysterio did that drop kick so i don't know Maybe they found out that they didn't have anything to do with Rey Mysterio and the dropkick just escalated something they already had. And that's why nobody says, hey, Rey Mysterio killed somebody in the ring. I just remember hearing about that and it shocked me. Um, and the final honorable mention, uh, Ultimate Warrior. Um, his last speech in WWE for Raw was crazy. Like him, if you go back and watch the speech, it's almost like he knew that something was going to happen. Um, and about eight hours after that speech, they were walking in across the parking lot and he dropped out of a heart attack. But you could tell that something was wrong with him. You go back and watch that Monday Night Raw speech after the Hall of Fame, and he's all sweaty, and he's all red and in the face. And they were saying that he had heart attack symptoms all weekend during the Hall of Fame, but nobody ever did anything about it. And I was like, okay, why didn't somebody have him checked out? Why didn't somebody, you know, do something about it? Don't know. Um, but unfortunately, we lost him at the age of 54 because somebody neglected to say, hey, you know, let's go to the hospital. Let's figure out why you're having these symptoms uh, but my honorable mentions those are the four uh, so we'll get to number one uh, number one of course you can predict this that from number 10 number one was Chris Benoit anybody who's a wrestling fan can agree on that one uh, Chris Benoit was four years old uh, died on June 27 2007 at least that's what's listed on the websites on you know Wikipedia, whatever you want to use, you can look up the information. Um, I know this story, so I could get into the details of the story. I've looked up all the information on it because this tragedy changed the landscape of wrestling. I mean, there are so many different things that are happening now because of Chris Benoit doing what he did than what were happening before. Um, so that weekend of June 27, 2007, Chris Benoit was supposed to actually win the ECW championship, and he never showed up. So somebody called the Atlanta Police Department and said, hey, uh, one of our guys never showed up. We need a wellness check put on him. 
Crispin walked and they went and checked on him. When they walked into the house, uh, Daniel, his son, was dead in his bed upstairs. Um, Nancy was in the kitchen on the floor and she was bound. And Crispin Waugh had hung himself in the basement with his weight machine. Um, so the craziest part about this to me is that he killed one of them on Friday, went to a doctor's appointment on Saturday, took a picture with a fan in the doctor's office that you can find online, and then on Sunday killed himself. So he, people say that he wasn't in his right mind. Maybe he wasn't. But to to kill somebody, leave the house and go run errands and then come back and kill the other person and then kill yourself. There's a lot to this story. A lot of people think that somebody else did it. There's no evidence that somebody else did it. All the evidence points to Crispin Law doing it. If it ever comes out that somebody else did it, I'll do another podcast about that. But he, a lot of people think that it was either Roy Rage because he was still doing steroids at the time that he died, he was still getting stuff delivered to the house. He was still doing steroids or it could have been the brain damage because when they did the autopsy for him, they found out that he had the brain of a, like an 87 year old dementia patient because of all the, the brain damage that he had taken from wrestling. So they think that that might've been part of it too. Um, but what I say when I say it changed the landscape of wrestling is concussion protocols, steroids, drug use, everything became so much more technical after he died like now if you get a concussion you don't wrestle until they clear you they just don't tell you to go back out there they tell you that you cannot wrestle until a doctor clears you um steroids are are tested for now there's a new wellness policy that was put in place i mean there's so much more that was done after unfortunately it was too late they it all should have done before chris Benoit did what he did but unfortunately it was too late but yeah i mean his his is not only the most shocking tragedy, but it was the one that that caused so much change in the business after he was gone. Um, and the circumstances were weird, too. Like, he sent a text message to Chavo in the middle of the night and said the dogs are in the backyard. Um, there was a journal that he was writing to Eddie Guerrero um, that he threw in the trash before he did it. Um, I actually have a friend of mine that I used to work with when I worked at a restaurant who has been in that house like he has been standing in the kitchen where they found nancy and he has been up to daniel's bedroom because he went there just to visit outside and there was a new family living there and they actually let him inside and i was like i don't think i could ever do that i honestly don't think i could ever um be in that house it's just it's, it's that's a lot to take in that's a lot to to process when you're standing in that house but yeah, guys, that is my my top 10 list. Um, like, subscribe. I will try to do a podcast every Monday. The only reason I did one on Tuesday is because I slept all day yesterday because I worked third shift. Um, I will try to upload a podcast every Monday. I'm going to start adding a video with the podcast. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Anchor, uh, Spotify. If you put in wrestling with three periods and let's talk about it on Google, the first four links to come up are the first four links to the podcast. So subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to watch the video. Uh, subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to do. And I will talk to you guys next week.